This is a big year. The Ohio Lottery's golden anniversary. 50 years of excitement, of growing jackpots and crossed fingers. 50 years of funding for schools, of changed lives and brightened days. 50 years of fun. And that is worth celebrating. So watch for can't-miss promotions, huge events, and new games that will make the Ohio Lottery's 50th year its biggest one yet. Learn more at funturns50.com. They say plants like music. Yeah, no, like really, they, they respond to the vibrations of it, which means that this playlist you're listening to, the plants are too. You know what else plants like? Organic soil from miracle Grow. It's made with all the best stuff, like wood fiber and compost. Plus, it's OMRI certified organic, which officially means it's made with superior ingredients. And when you give your plants the stuff that makes them happy, they won't judge you on your iffy playlist. Hear that, plants? So go ahead and give them miracle Grow. Welcome to True Crime Garage. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Nick, and with me, as always, is a man that knows that brain control beats mind control any day of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, here is the captain. Yeah, some of those other shows need a break. We take no break, and we take no prisoners. We're not here to take part. We're here to take over. It's good to be seen. Good to see you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for telling a friend. Today we are drinking a fantastic beer from the good folks over at Zaftig Brewing Company in beautiful Worthington, Ohio, and we have featured several fine beers from Zaftig, but this week we are drinking Tropical Hazy. This is a juicy, tropical, hazy pale ale infused with passion fruit, orange, and guava. Garage grade four and three quarter bottle caps out of five. So 4.75 out of 5 so nearly perfect here captain and let's give some cheers to our nearly perfect garage friends first up a big cheers to joe wong in midlothian virginia and a big shout out to chelsea in burlington north carolina next up we have a cheers to tiffany from the copacabana on the beautiful central coast of new south wales australia Cheers. And a big We Like Your Jib to Giovanni in Sparks, Nevada. Next up, we have a big cheers to Leslie in Dublin, New Hampshire. And last but certainly not least, everybody, we have a big cheers to Brett Baldwin in the parts that remain unknown. Everyone we just mentioned, they went to our website, which is truecrimegarage.com, and they clicked on the beer fund and helped us out with this week's beer run. And for that, we thank you. Yeah, make sure you wash your parts. B-W-R-U-N, Beer Run. Thank you so much. Can't thank you enough. Could give you hugs and kisses for keeping the garage ship afloat. Thank you so much for donating to the Beer Fund. And for everything True Crime, check out truecrimegarage.com. And Colonel, that is enough of the business. <laughs> 
All right, everybody, gather around, grab a chair, grab a beer. Let's talk some true crime. Entering 2022, I'm hoping this is the best year ever. Uh, I don't see why it wouldn't be. The last couple of years have been a bit of a drag, but uh, 2022 is shaping up to be a fine year. And we here in the garage are just so thankful and grateful to all of you who have kept the ship going for all of these years. And we're excited about this year. But before we move on to 2022, a quick look back at all the things that were great on the show in 2021. Longtime listeners know that we've done this a couple of times where we will review the year, and I believe once or twice we've even reviewed the show as a whole, over 500 shows, over 600 Mm -hmm. if you start counting off the record, where we review some of our best shows that we've done, in our opinion, our humble garage opinions, of the best shows that we've done in the last year. So, Uh, I never thought we'd get to 500. Well, I'd never thought that anybody would need to hear us say what we thought our best shows were of the year, but Mm. there's a whole Reddit thread on best true crime garage shows of by year and by all time. And so here we are, we're going to give the good people another list to discuss. So if you haven't heard us do one of these before, the way we do it is we each pick five shows that we did or five series that we did from the previous year. The captain doesn't know what the colonel has picked. The colonel never knows anything that the captain is going to say anyway. So for the very first time, we are going through our list here together today. Yes, it's a garage party. I will be putting some extra stuff in my coffee if you get my drift. So if I get a little slurry or blurry, it's uh Keep your eyes on the road. Well, and we like to have a very official and very formal countdown, but uh, we can't seem to get Carlos to show up to work when we request uh, Carlos, for, for the longtime listeners, Carlos um, thought he was underpaid. <laughs> and you know what? So, he probably was. <laughs> he was the best part of the show. Well, we got you a sixer. That's right. So, here we go. We're going to start off uh, with the colonel. Look, our list, I don't know if they even matter. So if you're listening to the show, think back, look back, get your top five together, go to our blog at truecrimegarage.com and leave your top five list or on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I'll have a post and you can post your top five in the comments. I want to see them. I know the Colonel wants to see them as well. So we'll start with number five. That's right. We want you to prove us wrong. All right. Colonel's number five. Here we go. I went with the Zodiac, which was a five-part series. So very fittingly, it falls to number five here. This came out in early to mid-March, episodes 470 through 474. 
in the late 60s, early 70s, we had a hooded serial killer terrorizing the San Francisco Bay Area. The killer told the press and police to call him the Zodiac. And everybody knows few cases in modern true crime have been discussed and speculated more than Zodiac. So Zodiac is always a topic for discussion in the true crime world. We put it off for a couple of years. We had had requests from Jump Street to cover Zodiac, but it was one of those cases that we didn't cover early on. One, because we felt you could spend a full year or full season discussing the Zodiac case and the tentacles of that case. And we wanted to make sure that when we did do the Zodiac, that we did it in a way that we thought was appropriate and without it taking over true crime garage. So we did a five part series in March and I was very happy with the way that it turned out. I was super excited going into it for a number of reasons. It's a case that's always in the back of my mind. It's one of those cases that once a year I find myself eyeballs deep in researching the Zodiac case. And we were lucky enough to have our good friend, longtime friend of the show, Mike Morford from the criminology podcast. He joined us because he knows everything Zodiac. He was on what captain two of the episodes and we did a five part series. So the first, yeah. first three episodes were simply dedicated to, and I, I really like the way that we did this because there's a lot of questionable Zodiac victims out there. And ones that are not confirmed or unconfirmed, I guess would be a better word to say. But what we simply did with the first three episodes was a heavy focus on the confirmed kill timeline and the evidence that was found at those murder scenes. We offered up, of course, our own speculation because that's what we do here in the garage. But I really like the way that that turned out. And I think we didn't set out for it to be five episodes, but I think five was was the uh, just the right amount. Yeah, so my number 5 is one that is not just close to the heart, but uh close to this episode. I think um we we titled the episode a serial killer phone call. Episode 544 maybe a real caller, maybe a, a fake caller calls into Howard Stern's show and talks for about 10 minutes confessing that he's a serial killer and we got a, such great response just people chiming in what whether they thought it was a real call or not i think at the time i was leaning towards it was a real call and based on the blog post there was a couple of things that people pointed out where i went oh it's making me a, lo- a little more suspicious than i was before so now i'm kind of leaning toward the fact that it was a fake call but i think it's an interesting clip And it was just a fun episode to record. Well, often we are doing these cases that are very dark, very heavy subject matter. And, you know, it weighs on you a little bit. And we were able to take a step back. And this was something that we were surprised. We were both a little surprised that we were getting requests for. Hey, we want to hear you guys review this this call. Uh, I think a lot of people wanted to hear the call themselves for one more time. And it's something that a lot of people seem to be on the fence of, is this, is this real? Is this legit or not? And I think there's good argument for both sides of that, but you know, it was near the holidays and, and we had originally thought we'll put this on off the record. This is a perfect discussion for off the record, but with so many requests 
to cover it. We had to move it to the big show. And you're right. The responses have been incredible. And the blog posts have been very interesting. I like any time we can put out something that creates and generates interesting, creative discussion. And I think that's exactly what happened here with the serial killer phone call episode. Well, and like you said, some of these cases are so dark. So this was actually an idea that I, I think I presented to you sometime last year. And so the fact that not only did the listeners say, Hey, this is an idea that we think you should go over because like I told people on the show the last couple months, this has been popping up as a, as a discussion on, I haven't, I haven't seen another podcast cover it, but I've seen a couple YouTube channels cover it. And I thought, look, for whatever reason, we we're all having the same kind of creative idea to put out a creative show episode that is true crime related, but essentially we don't know if we have victims in this case or not. All right, Colonel, you're number four. All right. So my number four here, Captain, I went with Asia Degree, parts one and two. This is episodes 475 and 476, which came out right after our Zodiac episodes came out in March 23 and 24. So boom, as my my old friend uh, Jason would say, bang, bang, bang. Uh, we were really, we were really nailing it those three weeks in a row in the Colonel's opinion here. So, uh, Asia degree, there's a Reddit thread out there that's titled most bizarre missing persons cases. True crime garage has covered. So of course, Brian Schaefer's on there. Emma Filipoff are on this list, but a 2021 addition to this list most certainly was Asia degree. So in the middle of a cold, rainy night, she's only nine years old. Asia left her home on foot where she was going. We don't seem to really know that's unconfirmed. Why did she leave? We don't really know. There's some speculation. Maybe she was simply sleepwalking. I threw out there. My speculation is that she was either running toward something or running away from something. Who knows? Maybe both. The evidence is obvious and mysterious. Foul play is most certainly involved here. It's one of those weird breadcrumb trail cases. The The further you look into it, it just becomes a bigger and bigger mystery. Like for me, this case made my list because of the research that that went into it. And I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. What I'm saying is the the interest, like the interest level for me was an 11 on this thing, right? I, once I started looking into it, the captain brought it up, said, Hey, have you heard of this Asia degree case? And I said, I I've heard something about it, but I don't know it very well. He goes, I think this is a must cover. And I looked it up and I was like, this is a really short story. I don't know how much stuff is here. And then I started looking into it and diving into it. And there is, it's just, it's very fitting that it is on that list of most bizarre missing persons cases that we have covered because it is certainly just a strange, weird case where there are breadcrumbs, but it's hard to make heads or tails of what that evidence is and where it it's supposed to lead you. Well, this year, 2021, I became friends with two great true crime minds, Brett and Alice from the Prosecutor's Podcast. 
met them. We had a long discussion with Maggie Freeling. It was supposed to last an hour. I think we recorded about five hours. But Brett and Alice actually reached out to me and said, look, this Asia Degree case, we covered it. There doesn't seem like there's a lot of meat on the bones, but if you dive in, there's a lot there. Will you guys please cover it? Because with your audience, you can get this information out there. And because there was a picture that was found that nobody's ever identified the person or the girl in the picture, they thought with our platform that maybe we could do some good. So one, it was great to meet them and become friends with them through them suggesting this case. And it was one of the first times the history of our show where another podcast had reached out to us and said, look, I know we covered this case, but please look into this because you might be able to do some good. And that's also the reason why Asia degree is my number four as well. Oh, wow. We both on hit both of our list and at the exact same spot. That's, that's super interesting. And yeah, you're right. The prosecutors, great people. And when they reached out and, and said, Hey, would you guys take a look at it? And would you put it on your show? That's, I love getting that because it's not like, it's not just, Hey, all right, we have a new, new friends of the show, but we, we have allies, right? These are our allies. They want the same things that we want. They want the same things that our audience wants. And it's not just to uh, review these cases and talk about them, but maybe do some good along the way. And this is a bizarre case. It's again, it's one of those ones that when you hear about the case or read about the case, you start saying to yourself, why isn't this a more well-known case? Because there, it's just simply fascinating and very, very unsolved mysteries. Like if you wanted to put a stamp on something, I think that would be appropriate here in Asia's case. Well, and also with more and more people starting true crime podcast, you know, we started just to see if we could do it. Then once we realized, turns that out there's we can. A platform. Yes. Uh, or maybe we, maybe can. we can't, we're well, still practicing for the, Hey, we're going to find out in the show. next 500 episodes. You want to get into it for the right reasons. If you're sitting at home going, I'd love to start a true crime podcast so I can get more Twitter followers or I can be famous or something. I just don't think that's the right reasons. Do it, do it because these victims have stories that need to be told. These cases need help. They need attention brought to them. The more attention brought to the case, the more chances that the case can be solved and more pressure that's put on prosecutors and law enforcement to not forget about these cases and not to forget about the people, the victims in these cases. Brett and Alice, they're, they're prosecutors. They don't have a lot of time on their plate and they put a lot of effort into putting out great quality content. So it's just, again, great meeting them and, and to, and it's been great to work with so many, I mean, from CrimeCon UK to a lot of the podcasts in the States to feel like you're working together. You know, there, yes, there are some of those podcasts out there that they're not a part of the community and they think they're better than the other shows and, and blah, blah, blah. But for the most part, the true crime podcast world has been very friendly to us and very supportive. And so I think this shows because like you said, to have this case on a list and have people talking about it on the internet, 
hopefully they, they get some movement in the case. Well, and that's a good reminder there, Captain, and something that we remind ourselves and feel the need to remind, you know, people that are tuning in as well, that these are real life cases. These, these are true stories, obviously, but they're someone's tragedy. They are someone's nightmare. They are someone's heartbreak. And we can tell these stories and we can listen to these stories and we can read about them, but we need to make sure that we are always keeping in mind the human element, the, the real life element of, of these cases. And another reason why this Asia degree case made my list too, was it was, you know, we, we develop a bit of a thick skin, maybe, uh, you know, we, we become a little rough around the edges because we we are looking at this stuff all week long every week week after week but this was one of those cases that got to me they don't all get to me and i don't have any understanding why some cases will get to me and others won't but in this case i certainly did because what i i couldn't shake i couldn't get it out of my mind and for a whole week every time i closed my eyes what I was seeing was this little girl, nine years old, walking in the cold, in the dark, and in the rain yeah. by herself along the roadside. And my freaking heart just broke every time. Like I just, I wanted to become, I, you know, God make me an angel so I could have just swooped her up. And, and who knows? I mean, again, she could have been sleepwalking, but let's toss that out for a second. Let's say if she was not sleepwalking, that is a powerful, powerful thing to have a nine-year-old walking in the dark. Kids don't like the dark. Nobody likes the rain and the cold. She's out walking by herself in the middle of the night along a country road. I cannot and, and will not ever pretend to understand the magnitude of that situation, nor what her emotions were and why she was putting, she's putting herself in this situation. And that's, that's something that was just too powerful for me to shake. I, I couldn't shake it. And it, it, I mean, it, it, it breaks my heart thinking about it now. Well, surprise, surprise. The, the, the captain is going to disagree with you and hear me out on this. Maybe, maybe I, I'll get you to change your mind. Yes. We look into these dark cases every week. There's real life victims. We sometimes are talking with the, the families of those victims. I don't think it's made me a tougher individual. I think it's actually made me more sensitive to the subject, really understanding the human element of it and just the podcast in general. I mean, we're going to do that live event in uh, February and anytime we do a live event to meet our listeners, it's a humbling experience. So I almost feel like the whole, not just diving into the cases, but the whole podcast experience has made me a little more grateful to just wake up every day and, and also just the, the, the abusive situations that a lot of these victims are in before, before the actual murder takes place. I get what you're saying where it could make you a little rough around the edges, but I, I actually think it's made both of uh, me and you more uh, sensitive people. So we both have the same number four that again, that was Asia degree parts one and two episodes four seventy five, four seventy six came out in March of 2021 for any of you listening that have not already heard those episodes or want to go back and listen to them again. That should help you yeah. in your search. So for my number three, 
here. I have the Yogurt Shop Murders 30 Years Later, which we covered on November 30th and December 1st. And we were covering those 30 years later at that time period that week, because later that week would be exactly 30 years later. Those are episodes 539 and 540. And this is one of those cases that you review and you're just shocked. Just I'm in complete shock and, and almost disbelief here that 30 years later, this has not been solved. You know, if you know the case, you you understand why. There's certainly been plenty of speed bumps along the way. Uh, part of that being that they actually convicted two individuals of being involved and committing these these homicides. This is a quadruple homicide case that took place in 1991 in Austin, Texas, at an Austin yogurt shop. It's one of the most infamous cases in Texas history, in in my opinion. And despite the efforts of the Austin Police Department, it as said, remains unsolved 30 years later. Well, this is a great pick. Um, I actually kind of forgot about this case because this is the second time we're covering it. When you suggested that we put it on the list because of the anniversary, which I don't think maybe that many listeners understand, there's a lot of times the schedule is lining up with anniversaries of cases, and, and that's all due to your work. So I applaud you there, partner. But great case, and the second time around, when you suggested it, I was like, oh, we already covered this case. But the second time around, I found it way more interesting. It's it's a very fascinating case. If you haven't listened to those episodes, not only should you listen to those episodes, but go look up some of the diagrams that people have online about the shop. You can do some deep dives into that case. So very nice pick. Well, and you're right. It was one that we did have an off mic discussion of, well, really, should we cover this again? Because I I think we both felt the same way that we were pretty thorough in, in covering it the first time around, which was in 2017, I believe. Um, it was episodes 81 and 82. And uh-huh. I do think that even though we devoted four episodes to it and really four years apart, splitting them in twos into pairs there. I think you could listen to all four. They're very different episodes and, and we kind of shaped them differently. Unfortunately, when a case is unsolved for, for 30 years and it hits that 30 year marker, it's a good time to remind everybody that, Hey, this thing is, is not solved. We had four young people lose their lives and they were terrorized for about 45, 48 minutes that night in, in Austin it's, it's a good reminder. I know Austin didn't need a reminder. They, this is a case that, uh, is on the hearts and minds of, of Austinites. Are they Austinites? Is that what we call them? The great people of Austin. And this is a case too, that is, again, it's one of the most infamous cases in Texas history. So it's one of those cases that the whole state of Texas yearns for. Uh, and, and it's one of those that, that needs to have some justice it seems like there's meat on the bone here that they do have some evidence that could lead to understanding and pointing to exactly who is responsible for this. I believe it's more than one perpetrator. If I, if I had to pick just based off of the evidence and what the crime scene shows us, it seems to support two or more offenders. This too, captain is, is one of those cases where I think a couple years ago we did a, unsolved cases 
that we've covered that are I, I can't remember what we titled it. If it were solvable, solvable or ones that we, if, if you could solve, if you can make a list, but you could only put so many on there of cases that would be solved. This case was certainly in that discussion. And this is a case that has fascinated me throughout the decades and will continue to fascinate me even when they do solve it. And I do think that they will solve it. And I think that a lot of the blanks, a lot of the things that we are not able to understand or a lot of the dots that we were unable to connect will be connected once we solve this case. And and I will uh, I, I look forward to that day. All right. So number three for me was the Bone Breaker Killer episode number five, twelve, five, thirteen. This was just uh all around fascinating case. Yes. Uh, and horrifying. Yes. It was one of the cases that when you're researching it, you almost think that like you're reading like a movie script or something. You're like, this, this can't, this can't be true. I mean, this, and I don't want to give too much away because I want people to go back and listen if they haven't, but there's definitely details in this case that just, they're sickening. There's some gruesomeness to this case, uh, but it was definitely one that when I started researching and, and putting together the, the, the music for the show for the episode that week, because that's what I like to do. I like to pull up, even if it's just Wikipedia and start reading about the case and trying to see if I can get some kind of vibe. How, how do I want to make the theme music this week? And what's the case saying to me? And this one, there was, it's like, man, when you start doing the research on it right away, sparks your interest and, and, and has you firing on all cylinders. So yeah, number three for me is the bone breaker killer. And that case is again, not trying to give too much away. That was not definitely, definitely in consideration for me, captain. It was one that, uh, as I was whittling down my list, it was, it was hanging around and hanging around. Truly fascinating. One in part because of just the 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 rareness of the case, where we have a very unique situation where the killer and abductor is act- actually going into homes in the middle of the night and abducting the victim almost right out of their beds, which right. is just completely bizarre. It's a high risk factor that you rarely see in, in cases. And terrifying, completely terrifying. I think you hit the nail on the head when you said, hey, I felt like I was reading a, a script for some Hollywood horror flick that's about to come out because it's it's almost unbelievable. And also the age of the victims and the age of the murderer, that to me kind of had a fascinating twist. But anyways, I don't want to give too much away. Again, the Bonebreaker Killer 512 and 513. We will finish our list right after this quick beer break. Do you want to set your child up for success? Of course you do. That's why you need to check out IXL Learning today. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids covering math, language arts, 
science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. There's one site for all kids in your home pre-K to 12th grade. Kids could use it at home on their computer or on an app on your phone or a tablet. No more grading those worksheets. IXL grades everything for you. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. I love recommending IXL learning. Kids can learn at home or on the go. And all my friends and family that are using it absolutely love it because it's so easy to set up and so easy to use. And even the kids that I've recommended it to their parents have told me, hey, Captain, thank you. I was having problems in math and my parents couldn't help me, but IXL could. Do you want to get your kids back on track or do you just want to get your kids ahead? Do so with IXL Learning. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And True Crime Garage listeners, get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com garage. Visit IXL.com garage to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Check out IXL.com garage today. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out that you've been paying a fortune for wireless. When Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all of your existing contacts. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. Save a lot of money with Mint Mobile. Get their great mobile wireless service delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. That's premium service at a great price. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash TCG. That's mintmobile.com slash TCG. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash TCG. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors No Prep, No Mess Meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Make your day delicious. 
from breakfast to dessert. Stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. I am new to Factor, and I have been loving every minute of it. I have a problem, and it's called lunch. Some days I need a pack of lunch, and some days I work from home. Whether I'm at home or whether I'm on the go, Factor is fueling my lunch from now on. Head to factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 and use code truecrimegarage50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code truecrimegarage50 at factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. All right, we are back. Cheers, mates. Cheers to you, Colonel, on another great year in the true crime world. Another year done, and we are on into the next great year. Here we go, 2022. Well, and thanks to all the listeners, we'll be here for another year. That's right. That's right. At least one more year. After that, there's no plan. Who knows what will happen. So we got through our, yeah. We each got through our top, well, our five, four, and three, and now we each have our top two left on our list. Would Can I do the honors and kick off my number two here? Well, let me do my number two because it's pretty disappointing, like my what, bedroom skills. Okay. Because mine is the Zodiac five-part oh. series, which is already on your list, so I feel like I just... Um, None of the listeners right now are satisfied. I say nay. I think that uh, everybody's satisfied. I I like, I think that, you know, we, we do share some of the same opinions and that's obvious here. And so I think that they like when we agree and they like when we disagree. And uh, this list is certainly going to have both of those elements to it. I was trolling around the old internet this weekend and I did come across and I, I should have wrote it down, but I, I did not, but there was a website that said that we had the best Zodiac podcast of 2021. You know, obviously this is a case. Yeah. This is a case that's been covered a lot. And so we're, we're not claiming, nor is this website claiming that we have the best podcast Zodiac podcast of all time, but the, but they didn't say the headline I saw said best Zodiac podcast 2021. Again, I should have wrote that down, but Hey, throw in the caveat there too, captain. Maybe we're the only ones that covered it last year. (laughs) (laughs) If you're the only ones, then you're the best. Well, a couple of reasons. One, not to toot my own horn, but I think it's one of my favorite one of my favorite musical themes that I did this year. And also we did individual artwork for every episode, which was done by my buddy, Scotty Boombox, which has helped us out a lot. He did all the artwork of the single episodes of John Benet Ramsey. When we did that, he did the Shaker Heights artwork. So he's done a lot of cool stuff for us in the past and, and to have him be a part of that. And look, there's a couple movies that I go to, you know, this 
sometimes the research is a lot of work. And so when you're not feeling it, I feel like if I throw on the movie Zodiac or I throw on Mindhunter or I throw on Silence of the Lambs or I throw on Spotlight, I can get in the mood to do to want to do the research. But but yeah, so Zodiac, I just thought you did a really good job of it and that's why it's my number 2. So so that's my number two. Now let's go with your number two. Well, the Zodiac, yes, can be some heavy lifting when it comes to the research. That's why it was interesting to kind of put it together the way that, that we did and present it in that form. And I'm glad that you brought up the movie because I failed to do so when when I had it on my list. But uh, if you're out there and you're listening to this show and you've not bothered to take carve out two hours of your life and watch the Zodiac movie, it is one of the best true crime dramatization movies you ever will see. I mean, it's yeah, it's almost like a biopic of the investigation. Yeah, you got so many good actors and actresses in the movie as well, and it's just really well put together. the The music's good. It's shot well. It's filmed well. It it for whatever reason didn't do well in at the box office, but it is for me. I fell in love with it the first time I saw it, and I thought. I've probably watched it maybe 10 times. It's one of those movies that I enjoy it so much that like you said, you pop it in for a little bit of inspiration, but there it's a movie that I could pick up on at any point in the movie. Like I don't have to start it at the beginning. Um, I can, and I find myself completely, completely immersed in, in fascination with the case and the story. As soon as I, as soon as that movie comes on. So good pick there, Captain Zodiac, for your number two. For my number two, I went with the Chelsea Small case. We did two episodes on Chelsea Small's case, covered it in June of 2021. This would be episodes 495 and 496. This was June 15th and 16th that it came out. And interestingly enough, here I've I've seen this case hitting the news, especially on the local level, since our coverage. Now, I'm not going to pretend that our coverage has anything to do with it, but hey, we didn't, we couldn't have hurt. This was one of those cases, another case that I go, why is this case not more well-known? You look into it and you go, this is completely fascinating. It's a bizarre case. We have the killer on surveillance footage from that day, from that tragic, horrific day. And yet we still have not found Chelsea Small's killer. So click on Detroit.com did one of the most recent articles on the case, which came out in November of last year. And they say Chelsea Small was just 30 years old with a bright future ahead of her when she was murdered on the job in 2013. Small was the mother of two young children. She was gunned down at her place of work on what was supposed to be her day off. If you've listened to our coverage, you remember that she was covering for another coworker that day. This was something that they had agreed upon days in advance so that Chelsea could have a, a different day off or the coworker could have swap days, what have you. But uh, she was working on November 12th, 2013 at the Advance America check cashing place on telegraph road in taylor michigan which is a a very nice town very nice city i think a lot of people were surprised that this happened there this was a very busy road 
many businesses, many people out working that day, middle of the week. There is still a reward in her case, in the Chelsea Small case that is being offered up that is now up to $52,000 to anyone who has information leading to an arrest. So anyone with information, look, you can Google search your fancy computer machine you got there at home and it will pull up the video for you. And you can see the killer walk into the Advance America check cashing place. You see what goes down. He's in there very briefly. There's a few different websites that you can find this video. It's readily available. I I would suggest watching the more recent ones because police did hold on to some information. Detectives held some information back in this investigation early on for the first few years. Information that would have been very important to their investigation and to a possible confession. Because look, after her murder and the surveillance footage came out to the public and the billboards went up and the the public outcry, I think this was another, this was a similar Delphi situation where people thought an arrest is coming. They'll find this guy and it's going to happen with the quickness. And here we sit. That was 2013. We are kicking off 2022. We still do not know who killed Chelsea Small. Another very interesting angle in this case, too, is I referenced this when we covered it, that there's there's a small possibility here that this case, and I think it should be included in the discussion for the I-70 killer. We covered the I-70 killer case back in 2020, and the Chelsea Small case, this was not a case that I was even aware of. And, you know, we're, we're here in Ohio, neighboring Michigan and the public outcry. And again, the, the awareness to the public and the, the surveillance footage, I was still unaware of this case. And I was a little bit shocked that this case was so interesting, so fascinating, still unsolved. And I was unaware of it. The way that it came onto my radar here, captain was somebody emailed the show and said, you guys did a good job covering the I-70 killer, which was one of my one of my favorite episodes or, or coverage from 2020. Often when we cover these cases, especially an unsolved serial killer case, we will get a lot of of people coming out of the woodwork saying, you know, I think this guy could could be the guy. I think this is the best suspect. And here's why. I love receiving the emails, keep them coming, but I got to say, most of the time, the people that are suggesting the suspects that have been presented those times to us, not really good suspects. Somebody emailed me, emailed the show saying, look, there's a, there's a small chance here, uh, you know, very thin chance that this is connected. But I think in the I-70 killer conversation, this Chelsea small case should be included until we can confirm that it's not one in the series because there's so many similarities to Chelsea Small's case to the I-70 killer. And I found that absolutely fascinating. And I found the case just completely mysterious. I, I don't, I still do not know to this day how this individual has gotten away with it all of these years later. So this was one of those cases that was 
suggested to us. And I'm so thankful to the listeners for that because I thought it turned out to be two really great episodes. And this is one where you really feel like you can make some, make some good here, right? Because this is something that we need to put as many earballs and eyeballs on. This is something that we can tell you the story. We can tell you our speculation. We can tell you the reasons why these other crimes might be connected. We talked about a gun theft that happened in the area about six months beforehand. We can show you all that and tell you all of that, but here is a situation where we can then send you. As soon as you as soon as you pull out the earbuds, you can you can hop on the old internet machine and look it up and go, you know what? I can view the video, the surveillance footage for myself. And I can I can I can make a list of what I believe that I'm seeing. Is there is there evidence that I can spot with my eyes? Are there actions by the killer that I can spot and and really kind of put him in one compartment away from others? And this is one of those cases where we were able to do that, and that doesn't happen in so many cases. And that's why I just found this one to be incredibly interesting. And a little shocked that it took us all these years to cover it. But again, thank you to the listeners for putting this one on our radar so we we know to go out and look into this case. A big cheers to the listeners that also follow us on social media that share the information. Like with the Asia Degree case, we needed people sharing that photo. Thousands of people shared that photo. In this case, you have photos, video, footage, but that information needs to be shared. It's one thing to discuss it, but that's what's so great about the true crime community and what's so great about our listeners is they realize it's not just information and entertainment, that there is something that we can do. The power is in our hands if we share the information enough that we might get good leads. And we have been contacted several times and talked to several family members of victims where after the show, Law enforcement is getting new leads and can't thank you enough. Well, and this is one of those cases too, where we need to make sure that we throw out big ups to the Taylor police department, because this is a case that they have, they have told us, this is not something that they're saying to some news outlet or, or some other place. They have directly told us this case is very solvable. We have, we have speculation within our own department of why things were the way they were that day and, and how things went down. But that aside, every one of the detectives that have laid eyes on this case and, and done the, you know, pounded the pavement and done the, the, the legwork on this case have all said the same thing. This case is extremely solvable. They all believe that it will be solved and the break may come from the public. So when we decided to cover it, it was really it was really nice of them to be so forthcoming and sit down with us and talk with us about the case and give us some information on the case to to maybe again maybe it hits the right earballs maybe we send the right eyeballs to watch the video and that is how this thing is going to get solved again a young mother her whole life ahead of her she was 30 years old she was just really starting starting off and in, in, in making her way in this world. And it's just a tragic, horrific event that went down. And it seems like just such a senseless, random act of violence that 
that has very little explanation and the Taylor police department, again, big ups to them for, for taking the time to speak with us at length about the case. Kudos to them for the good work that they're doing on the Chelsea small case. It's that time again. I don't know if our list matters so much. It's, it's us patting ourselves on the back, but I want to, I want to hear from mm-hmm. the listeners what your top five is. So, so make sure that you go to our blog and tell us what your top five of the year and maybe throw in there, maybe a, a case suggestion, maybe something that we haven't covered that we can try to get to in 2022. So my number one, now this is kind of weird because I think, I think you have to put these together mm-hmm. because we did the Tylenol murders, mm-hmm. which was 480 and 481, but that kind of goes into the Unabomber case which would be episodes 482 and 483. So I'm putting them together, even though we didn't put them in in a part one, part two, part three, part four series. They That's essentially what they are. Yes, and we did that on purpose. We had planned that well in advance. We, we both wanted to cover the Unabomb case, and we both wanted to cover the Tylenol murders case. And we had them slated for last year when we were going into 2021 we just didn't kind of know when we were going to cover them and <laughs> i'm not going to lie i don't think either of us as much as we wanted to cover the cases and as much as we thought they were fascinating interesting cases we knew that it was a kind of a big undertaking they're both both very yeah. big cases with a lot of information out there especially unibom because it it is solved but there is some speculation and always will be until the Tylenol murders case is solved that these two could be connected because a, a bomber and a poisoner are similar in MO. And if somebody could have pulled off, well, not if somebody could have pulled off, we know somebody did pull off the Tylenol murders. Ted Kaczynski was certainly capable of, of that. So when we reviewed it from that angle and it's not, I wouldn't say that we, released them this way because we believe that theory just that we agree that that theory is interesting and there is some credibility to it so we thought this was an interesting way of putting them out and putting them out back to back but again then knowing all right we're going to have about three four weeks of of a lot of heavy lifting on two very very big cases correct me if i'm wrong captain you're saying both of those were were two-parters. I remember when we were putting together the shows in both of those cases, both of them felt like they could have gone three or four parts. Uh, just really, again, really big cases. And I, I'm glad, I'm really glad that we put them out back to back like that. I'm going to pat myself on the back, Ooh. do a little flicky flicky. I wasn't ooing for that, but go ahead. Oh, yeah, you were. I know you what were you were going to say. for that. Yeah. Or maybe it was, um, no, I, I, I just like the music. So some of them come to me easier. Some, sometimes they're a little more work, but there's so many things that I like about doing the show and, and obviously working with you, but one of the perks is take the John Benet Ramsey case, OJ Simpson case, Delphi murders. Now here, Zodiac, 
Unabomber, cases that you might have had glimpses into throughout your life, but you never took a deep dive. And that being a part of what we get to do. You know, sometimes it feels like we have to do, and then sometimes it feels like we get to do. And especially, like I said, with like watching Zodiac as much as I have to finally take a deep dive and kind of really wrap your head around the case and why are so many people fascinated? Why is there, it's just like with Jack the Ripper or John Bonet or Mara Murray, there's these sub cultures within the true crime world that are really fascinated with those cases and, and why are they? And to really get to uncover that. And I'm glad that you paired those together. You know, you might have one or two uh, weirdos sitting at home going, well, the captain kind of cheated here. I don't think so because I, I share the same opinion. Like when I was trying again, trying to whittle down my list here going into today, those two cases were in strong consideration. The issue that I kept running into was I felt like if I included one, I needed to include the other as well. And last year we did an episode where we talked about our favorite trailers. You know, we call uh, people, some people are going, what's a trailer? Well, we call that, that portion at the, the start of the show after the beer, the nonsense is out of the way. When we say we're going to talk some true crime, we go to the captain's music. We go to the Colonel trying to do his best, uh, young Robert stack, uh, version of myself. And that is what we call our trailers. And last year we did an episode where we just simply talked about our, our favorite true crime garage trailers. The Unabomber case was on my favorite trailer list. So I, again, agree with you. The music was fantastic on both of those. And the Unabomber trailer was really, hey, this is just a show where we're just so proud of ourselves, huh? <laughs> People are annoyed. They're like, well, you guys the- think you're so great. Why don't you shut up already? <laughs> we're not those kind no, of this people. Is, this is difficult like, for us. The funny thing is we think it makes sense. The formula makes sense. Hey, let the audience know what we thought were our, or let the audience into um, our minds of which cases we enjoyed putting out the most this year, but we are not these kind of people. <laughs> we just want to move on to the next case and, and keep it going. But we didn't want to take a break. Other shows are taking a break. I stand by that. We didn't take a break. Now we might take some breaks next year. Well, and it's, I stand by the fact that we didn't take a break. It uh, is a little week. bit of fun for us, though, too, to do these kinds of shows where we can relax a little bit. They're a little more chill. They're a little more fun for us. It's a garage party, like you said, Captain. And, you know, with yes. coming off of Christmas week, you don't want to be you don't want to be too knee deep in the research and dancing in the blood too much. Right. It's it's a time for family and friends and love and happiness and um, sometimes true crime, yeah. as the listeners know, can get in the way of that. So I'm I'm very happy that we could do this episode here today. And as you said, not take the week off, but for my number one, so that, that will lead me to my number one here. And I went with one that was from very early in the year of 2021. In fact, it came out the last week of January and the first week of February, it was a four part series. I, I really enjoyed putting these together and I thought they turned out fantastic. And I'm talking about when the demons came out parts one through four 
That's episodes yeah. 459, 460, 461, and 2. Now, this was something that I had wanted to do on the show for, for quite some time. And really what When the Demons Came Out is, and the reason why it is four parts, is it's kind of a uh, a mashup of several cases, Ohio cases, in the early 80s. And some of them are connected and some of them are not. Some of them are cold cases. Some of them have been solved. But it was an interesting way to kind of mash them up and put them together because in the early 80s, there was something very frightening that was going on in Ohio. And unfortunately, this was going on in other states as well. But um, there was a bizarre string of child abductions and murders that hit Northeast Ohio and Central Ohio roughly all at the same time. We took a deep dive into those old cases. Again, some of them cold, some of them solved. And one thing that really perturbed me, and Captain, you know this, and longtime listeners know this, one thing that I cannot stand that bothers the hell out of me, and I look, I don't pretend to be perfect. I know that I get things wrong. I, I'm, I'm batting a thousand on getting about two or three things wrong a week, whether it's mispronouncing someone's name or just saying some dumb thought that came to mind. But some people think you picked the wrong part. Well, it, <laughs> for five hundred and fifty well, episodes, I, I have to disagree with that. But uh, <laughs> but. You have been wrong 550 times. It, it upsets friend. me when the facts of some of these cases are misreported. And then because what happens is they can, they continue to be misreported. Like somebody else gathers the wrong information from a source that didn't do a great job for whatever reason. And look, these sources can do a great job on one case and a bad job on other cases. That it happens. It's, we're not saying everything that they do is junk, but one thing that, that upset me for the longest time was that on Wikipedia, they had said that Robert Buell, who was a known serial killer in the state of Ohio, killed Kelly Ann Prosser. And that was simply not the truth. We, her killer was discovered through DNA many years later. But even after her killer was discovered, nobody ever bothered to take that down. You know, it, it once was speculation right. and he was suspected in it. Of course, he was suspected. A suspect in that case. But if you go back and you review the information from the early eighties, that was a lead in something that the investigators actually worked on was trying to put Robert Buell in central Ohio. He was, he was abducting women and girls in Northeast Ohio and killing them. And they thought, well, maybe he came down here and, and did it a couple of times and they could never place him in Franklin County during any of the time frames of these girls or women going missing or being killed. And so that was certainly something that they looked into and what, for whatever reason, almost 40 years later, it still sat there on Wikipedia that he was a suspect in Kellyanne Prosser's case, or it's believed that he was the killer when in fact we learned that he, he was not. So if you haven't listened to those episodes, those were my favorite of the year and again, it's really just a mashup of this serial killer, this active serial killer, Robert Buell, who's kind of one of these unknown serial killers, lesser known serial killers that was active in the state of Ohio. And he's guilty of some horrible, horrible stuff. And it does not bother me one bit that he is dead. The state of Ohio killed him in 2002. He refused to give give any kind of answers or, or or any 
justice to some of his victims and their families, even when they were hurting all those years later, you know, he was, he was locked up in the eighties. So he had plenty of time to tell us what he knew and he refused to do so. Um, and these episodes were really a way of bringing up him, a, a lesser known serial killer that we had not yet told his story or told the story of, of him. These other victims that were at one time loosely connected to the Robert Buell story, but but certainly weren't actually connected. So it was a way to discuss Ohio cold cases and some solved cases. And everybody knows that I, I'm just fascinated by Ohio cold cases. So it was really interesting to put that together. And I was happy that we did so. Um, the other thing I love too, Captain, is the title, When the Demons Came Out. And I can't take credit for that. That was in an old newspaper article after Robert Buell was arrested. They were interviewing people that knew him, that worked with him, that lived in the same neighborhood as him. Right. One of the guys that I found fascinating that they were interviewing, and I don't, I don't have his name here, but the line that stuck with me was this guy that was interviewed said when the demons came out. He said, you know, Robert Buell was a great guy. I, I thought he was a great guy. He was, he was funny. He was personable. He was well-liked in the neighborhood. He was well-liked at work. I guess I never saw him when the demons came out and I, that just that title uh, and that, that sentence from that old, that old newspaper article stuck with me. And I think it really kind of sums up who Robert Buell was, right? He's, he's this monster that is dressing himself in sheep's clothing every day and going out into the world and fooling everybody into thinking that he's something that he's not, that he's a good guy. And he's one of the, one of the worst that I can think of. And I know some people enjoy solved cases. We enjoyed solved cases too, and we think you can learn a lot from them. It's just really difficult when you're when people are suggesting cases that we feel like if we add to the platform and and talk to the listeners about that we might get some movement on it. And so sometimes it's hard. Um, sometimes we need to do a solved case to to make us feel better about the whole process and to, to remind ourselves that these things, these cases that seem sometimes like they'll never get solved eventually one day do at least that some justice, at least that some closure. So yeah, what a year seems like it flew by and one more year in the books and uh, one more year to go, I guess. That's right. And many more. Yeah. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening in 2021. And we look forward to to all that can be great in 2022. Great memories with you guys this year, 2021. I look forward to so many cases being solved in 2022. 
Colonel, do we have any recommended reading for the beautiful listeners? Yes, but only for the beautiful listeners. If you're not a beautiful mm-hmm. listener, you can just check out right now. We will be recommending this week A Killer by Design, Murders, Mine Hunters, and My Quest to Decipher the Criminal Mind by the great Anne Burgess. And for those of you that have been longtime listeners or even recent listeners, you may go, what? Colonel, you recommended that in December of last year. Well, you're right. And I'm recommending it again, just in case you didn't pay attention. That is a killer by design by Ann Burgess. And the reason why we're recommending it again is the off the record listeners know that very recently we just released a conversation that I had with the great Ann Burgess. So make sure you check out her new book and check out our other show off the record. It's available on Stitcher premium. If you want to find out how you can listen for free, I believe for a whole month for free, to Off the Record and dozens of other great shows on Stitcher Premium, go to our website, truecrimegarage.com, and you'll find the link there. Yes, and until next week, be good, be kind, and don't litter. you are bpm's high sweat dripping body moving tongue panting you're working hard real hard and you're thirsty you need vitamins nutrients for peak performance and energy and your plants do too Aw, i mean just look at the little guy water soluble plant food from miracle grow is full of essential nutrients just a little scoop into your watering can and boom instant feeding and bigger more beautiful plants it's kind of like a sports drink for your plants you may have to suffer from heat but your plants do not 